When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Really nail that Aaron Rodgers impression, don't you think, Joe? I would imagine that's what he sounded when he was on his little ayahuasca adventure down south. Yeah, I think you <laughs> nailed it right there. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. For a job you'll love, visit progressive.com slash careers. Happy Friday, America. Hopefully you're partaking in happy hour if you're on the East Coast and heck, maybe already on the West Coast as well. Amber Wilson and Joe Fortenbaugh with you. You can check him out on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can check me out as well at Amber W Sports. The divisional round in the NFL is upon us. It is the eve before the Saturday games, but let's talk about what's going to go down on Sunday here first, Joe. The Bengals and the Bills, they'll get into action at 3 p.m. on Sunday. The Cowboys and Niners are going to get it going at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Who's got more pressure, Dak Prescott or Josh Allen? It's an amazing question because Prescott's been the guy with all the pressure throughout the course of the season. He was the guy with all the pressure going into the Tampa Bay game, and then poof, he beat Tampa Bay. He looked really good, and we're not even talking about him this week. And I think there's a big reason for that. I don't think a lot of people expect them to win. They're going to San Francisco. San Francisco's a very good team. People see them as the favorite to win the NFC. You know, you're a four-point underdog. Meanwhile, here's Josh Allen at home against the banged-up Cincinnati team. Five-and-a-half, six-point favorite. This was a team that came into the season. They were one of the Super Bowl favorites. Allen was one of the favorites to win MVP. It hasn't necessarily gone that way, but they're still in a great position. you got to say Allen, don't you, at this point? I would say Josh Allen, but here's largely why. Because Dak gave us that game against Tampa where he quieted the critics, and he did it in a decisive faction. So we know now Dak can win in the postseason, and he could win handedly in the postseason and look incredible in doing it. Josh Allen didn't look incredible at all against those Miami Dolphins. He left a lot to be desired for his Bills fan base. I think that is why Josh Allen right now has the pressure. Now, will the pressure go back on Dak? Of course, at some point here, you know, and if he doesn't do well this weekend, then we'll see where that narrative falls because he's still the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. But Josh Allen is on a team that a lot of people have as a Super Bowl favorite and have since this season started. And so Josh Allen at this point needs to perform. And it was ugly against the Dolphins. With the interceptions, the accuracy issues, I think that is why there's so much pressure on Josh Allen. It's one thing if he loses to the Bengals. I don't think that would be a huge shock. It's another, though, if he gifts them the ball multiple times. That's something that Josh Allen can't do because there's been a lack of noise, frankly, around Josh Allen's inability to protect the football considering the quarterback that he's that he is on the team with the expectations that team has. I know he plays in Buffalo and not Dallas, but those expectations for the Bills should be just as high, if not higher. Let me retool the question and see if we get a different answer. Come Monday morning, if Prescott loses to the Niners and doesn't look all that great, and Mm -hmm. Allen loses to the Bengals and doesn't look all that great, who takes more heat? Well... I guess Dak, because he's the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. But I think it depends, again, how Josh Allen loses. I mean, if he tosses I'm up saying the they ball both, three they times both look, to the Bengals. They both look average. They, neither one of them looks great. 
they both play a big role in their team not winning. Equally. Yeah, so multiple like, say interceptions. They both complete both about sixty percent. They both have two turnovers. They they both have teams that have a shot to win. They're close games, but they come up short, and ultimately you blame the quarterback for not playing well enough. The, same thing for Prescott. Same thing for Allen. The Bill. Uh, the I mean the the Cowboys are going to get more heat because it's the Dallas Cowboys, and that's just the reality of the world that Dak Prescott lives in. I don't know if it's fair. I think you could make an argument that the Bills should be the better team this season. And so maybe it's not fair to necessarily do that. But don't you agree it would be Dak? Because in just the how that, how that team rates? Yeah, in the situation, well, that, and I think it's kind of gimmicky because he's playing Sunday night and we'll have already kind of discussed Allen Saturday into Sunday. So you're going to lead with what's more relevant. So that could hurt in the argument a little bit. It makes it a little more, more biased. But if Prescott has a chance to beat the Niners late, much like he did one year ago at this time, and he's not able to make those plays in the big spot, he's probably going to come under more fire. Because it's one thing to lose to Joe Burrow. A lot of people lost to Joe Burrow last year. Patrick Mahomes lost to Joe Burrow last year. Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill all lost to Joe Burrow last year. The kid's legit. You lose to him, it's not the end of the world. You lose to Brock Purdy, a rookie seventh-round pick, who, in the eyes of many, hasn't beaten anybody yet. I don't agree with that, but that's what people are trying to say as they knock him. That's going to be a different story for Prescott. Prescott should be able to outgun him in this. Well, yeah, but you're not losing to Brock Purdy. You're not losing to Mr. Irrelevant. If you lose in this scenario for Dak Prescott, you're losing to that top-notch, excellent 49ers defense, right? So I think when you state it that way, it doesn't maybe sound quite as bad. Bart Scott, ESPN's NFL analyst, was on first take, and he says Dak Prescott is not an underdog against that Niners D. Dak Prescott, his whole story is, a, is the American story. We all love the underdog, but he's not the underdog. When you look at the field, he's the brand name. He's the guy, right? We fought for him to say, hey, man, he deserves to become a franchise quarterback. We want to put him in the top 10. We want to say he's an elite quarterback. If he can't beat this field of quarterbacks, then when will he ever you know, take the Dallas Cowboys to the promised land? And to do that, he's going to have to be the difference. You mean to tell me that the story and the narrative that's going to be, be written is that Brock Purdy is continuing to ride this Cinderella story. This is when Dak Prescott is supposed to show us that he's elite. This is when he's supposed to step up. Yes, There's Brock a good Purdy. Point there. Brock- I want to throw a quick note to you. Yeah. There's a really good point there in the fact that there is a huge edge at quarterback for the Cowboys and people still aren't expecting much from them. Like, that's kind of shocking. Anytime you have the major quarterback edge in a big game like this, you don't really look to the other team and say, yeah, that's going to... Like, look at Cincinnati-Baltimore last week. How many people were saying, yeah, Baltimore's going to win this game? Similar situation, right? Big quarterback edge for Prescott and the Cowboys, yet here we are making the case that, well, it's going to be too tough to get by Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy obviously has been playing excellent, so that helps, I guess, uh, quiet that a little bit, but... Also, Bart's right to the extent that Brock Purdy is certainly the underdog if we're putting Purdy, if we're pitting Purdy against Dak Prescott. But that's not what's happening here in this game. Like the Niners are favored by three and a half because of where this game is and because of that defense, right? I mean, they're, and sure, Kyle Shanahan's system. And yes, they've looked great offensively under Purdy, but it's not because of Brock Purdy. I think we all are thinking right now, Brock Purdy is flourishing in Shanahan's system. But none of us think that that's necessarily Purdy, right? We think it's that team around him and that he's fitting the system very well. I think it's way too early to say, oh, Purdy's Patrick Mahomes out here making everyone better. 
I think that's what a lot of people are saying. I just I don't agree with that because I watched CJ Beathard in that offense. I watched Nick Mullins in that offense. They couldn't do anything. Uh, so I true. do think Purdy deserves a little bit more credit than hey, it's just the system. Although the system does happen to produce fantastic results with wide receivers running free all over the place like they did last week against Seattle. You can always join the conversation. Give us a call here on Joe and Amber triple eight say ESPN eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. Bob, Bob is in Idaho. Bob, what do you have? for us i'm a cowboys fan uh first off congratulations on y'all's new show thanks thank you i'm a cowboys fan and i think people are putting way too much stock in the cowboys victory over tampa bay who was a sub 500 team and had no business being in the playoffs um you look at his previous games he threw what 10 or 11 interceptions or something in the last four or five games i again i'm a cowboys fan but Still, Dak does it. I don't have any confidence that he's not going to blow it late or he's not going to be able to pull it out. I understand what Bob's saying there, Joe, because that Tampa team was the worst team in these playoffs. They were only in there because of trash division. And, and sure, the competition wasn't up to par. Where It was a real barometer here, I think, for how good the Cowboys are going to be or how much of a run they're going to make here in this postseason. That being said, Dak was excellent. You know, Dak wasn't just like, okay, he was excellent. On a big stage, on the road, in a do-or-die situation in the postseason. And I think that that definitely, for the time being, for like two minutes, has quieted some of the criticism and some of the skepticism around Dak. It'll ramp right back up if he looks bad this weekend. Bob, a very smart Cowboys fan. You don't find many of those out there. Great call, Bob. Great call. Joe and Amber is presented by Progressive Insurance. I like how you buttered up Bob, but still took a shot at Cowboys fans there. That's how we do it apparently here on Joe and Amber. Coming up, Jalen Hurts wasn't very good in the playoffs last year. Why should we think that this year is going to be different? We're going to get into the Eagles next. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio and on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more More than than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets, but expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. 
With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Phone lines are lit with Cowboys fans. You can always join the conversation here on Joe and Amber. Give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We are going to get to your calls in just a moment, so hang on for me. But first, we got to try to earn you some pizza money because that's what we do here on Joe and Amber. Several times a show, a small wager, nothing you're going to bet the mortgage on, but maybe you can earn a little extra cash in your pocket, buy yourself some pizza. Let's do it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. We weren't on last night, but we were on Wednesday. Went two and one. Nice job by the Jazz covering the eight and a half against the Clippers. Man, does that team have no problem mailing it in on a regular basis. We're going all NFL playoff props tonight. We've got four of them for you throughout the course of the show. Pizza money number one, Saquon Barkley over 28 and a half receiving yards against the Philadelphia Eagles. Little Blue fans, don't say... All I do is hate on you. I got your boy going over 28 and a half receiving yards. As you call them, little blue. That's Well, that's what they are right now. They're little blue. When you end up becoming the cream of the crop, you can be big blue again. So here we go. Daniel Jones has been looking Barkley's way much more in the second half of the season. First nine games of the year, Barkley was averaging about four targets per game. Last eight games of the year, he's averaging about six targets per game. Philadelphia's defense has been solid, but they're not an elite defense, especially defending opposing running backs coming out of the backfield. Game script calls for a higher scoring game with the Giants trailing. That's not me. That's Vegas saying they're a seven and a half point dog, which would indicate they should be throwing quite a bit in this game. Check it down to Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, as we go over 28 and a half receiving yards. I believe the 49ers suspected that the Cowboys were going to win. D'Amico Ryans and Kyle Shanahan started cooking up. The San Francisco 49ers. Everything they do from an offensive and defensive perspective travels. At some point, we got to see Brock Purdy. For them to win a championship, he has to make championship throws. To their credit, they haven't had to do that quite yet. If you're the Dallas Cowboys, your quarterback just played his best game of the season. You might have had your most complete performance as a team. You can't wait to get back out there and do it again. The Dallas Cowboys will be taking on the San Francisco 49ers in San Fran on Sunday, 6.30 p.m. Kickoff in that one. The NFL divisional round is upon us. So are the phone calls. Everyone is worked up. They want to join the conversation. Joe got them all worked up, making some Cowboys comments here. Triple H say ESPN. That's how you get in touch with Joe and Amber. 888-729-3776. You can also get in touch with us on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. That's him at 
Amber W Sports. That is me. Let's go out to the phone lines where we find Steve in North Carolina. Steve, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? How are you doing, Amber and Joe? We're good. Great doing well, Steve. Man, listen. Hey, listen, uh, I'm, a, I'm a guy for blimps over here, so I think Dallas and Kansas City will be a pretty end zone to watch. But let's get to the – I'm a Panther fan, so it doesn't really matter with this stuff. But some reason I think I think that Cincinnati and San Francisco will be in the Super Bowl. I just feel that. I don't know. I mean, help me out here. Well, listen, we did just see Cincinnati in a Super Bowl, so crazier things have been said before. I do think it's funny, Joe, this idea that everyone just thinks – the 49ers are walking into a Super Bowl, which I'm rooting for. I want the story of Mr. Irrelevant in a Super Bowl. Don't get me wrong. Like, let's have him win one. It would be a better story than even Tom Brady. All we do is talk about Brady, fifth round, Brady, fifth round. Let's talk about the dude who barely was drafted in the seventh round. That would be the story of all stories. They would make a movie out of it one day, frankly. I just don't know if it's that easy. I don't know if I really believe it's going to happen as good as this 49ers team is. First off, don't give Brady any extra credit. Sixth round, not fifth round. He doesn't need any extra credit for everything he's done in his career. Number two. Sixth round. Yeah. I don't know if he would be that big of a story. I mean, we've seen this before. Trent Dilfer with the Ravens, Brad Johnson with the Buccaneers, quarterbacks that weren't exactly the face of the franchise, leading a team that had an elite defense and some skilled players at the various positions on offense. It's been a great story. I just think the problem for the Bengals is that offensive line. The Mm -hmm. path is extraordinarily difficult. You're going to go win at Buffalo. Then you're going to go win at Kansas City. You do that. You've got my attention. I do think that it's going to be a lot harder this year for that Bengals team than people realize. It was hard last year. Don't get me wrong. They caught us all off. Uh, caught us all off guard. I mean, we were all surprised the fact that they still had those line problems all throughout the postseason and somehow found their way into a Super Bowl. I don't know if Lightning's going to start strike twice in that regard. And that injury to Collins certainly doesn't help. Vincent is in Texas. Vincent, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Hey, thank y'all so much for accepting my call. I really appreciate it. Oh, I just um, I just had like a little interesting uh, point of view on something. So you got uh, uh I don't know if is Kyle Shanahan calling the um, is Kyle Shanahan calling the place for um um San Francisco? Yes. Oh, hey, hey, my great. So uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan was offensive coordinator for uh the um Atlanta Falcons, and then Dan Quinn was the head coach. Obviously, you know what I mean. So now that you know, saying the the shoes on the other foot and stuff, so I think it's going to be a real interesting chess match between uh, Kyle Shanahan calling the offensive plays and uh, Dan whipping up what he can do and vice versa. You know what I mean with uh, offense calling and the defense calling the plays and stuff, and whoever can execute on the field a lot better. But I think it's going to be a real chess match between them two. That's a fantastic point. That's a key handicap, too, when you're trying to break these games down. We did see this matchup last year in the playoffs, Dan Quinn versus Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan got the better of him, and the second half, his quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, was injured with the shoulder in that situation. And then they did play against each other in the regular season. I believe Dan Quinn was still the head coach. It was in San Francisco. It was like four or five years ago. Matt Ryan took him down the field to win at the end of the game when they were sizable dogs. So if Quinn was still the head coach there, which he might have been, he did get the better of Shanahan in that matchup. You can always join the conversation here on Joe and Amber. Give us a call. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. You can also just tell your smart speakers to play ESPN radio to listen to us. It is that simple. Wes, Wes is in Texas. Wes, thanks for the call. What do you have for us? Hey, thanks for taking the call. Uh, Cowboys fan from the day I was born, and believe it or not, we're we're not all delusional. Uh, We understand who Dak is, who Dak has been in the past. And 
Amber, you said that he played uh, excellent last weekend. And I'm not really ready to say that he played excellent. I'm ready to say that he played the way that a, a quarterback needs to be playing if he's playing someone in the Super Bowl. Um, and, you know, if, if he backs up from where he played last week, there's no room to go backwards. He has to continue at the level that he played this weekend. And if he doesn't, he's Dak. He's the same Dak that everybody says Dak is. I mean, I'm surprised, and I appreciate the call so much, Wes. I'm surprised, Joe, that these Cowboys fans still aren't that really, and I understand because they've been riding this Dak train for a long time and have been disappointed many, many times. So I guess one game isn't going to resolve that. But we are talking about him coming off of a game, again, in a postseason where he's 25 of 33, 305 passing, four touchdowns, zero interceptions. You can't get much better than Dak Prescott was against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Don't be fooled by these calls. They're slow rolling us. I could smell a cockroach Cowboys fan from a mile away, and I know what they're doing here. They're playing coy because they expect to lose, but if they win, they're going to be all in our business. Do not fall for this classic Cowboy cockroach trick. (laughs) Don't fall for the rope-a-dope. The Cowboys fans still think that they're going to win this game. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber. The Ravens seem confident that they're going to get a deal done with Lamar Jackson, but should we believe what they're saying? We're going to get into it. This is ESPN Radio and check us out on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Joe and Amber rolls along here on ESPN Radio. You can also always listen to us on the ESPN app as well. We're here with you 7 to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday, hanging out with you. Check them out on social media at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can check me out as well at Amber W Sports. It is time here on Joe and Amber to do a little segment that we like to call Sound On, Sound Off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound On, Sound Off. With Joe and Amber. It has been a season-long drama, frankly, longer than that. We've been talking about the fact that Lamar Jackson does not have a deal with the Baltimore Ravens. It has quite literally been years that we have been talking about this thing at this point. The Ravens, though, they seem to still think that a deal is going to get done. Here's the Ravens general manager, Eric DaCosta, on his quarterback's contract situation. Well, it certainly takes two to tango, but uh, I think Lamar and I have a great relationship. I think we communicate uh, quite often. Uh, We spent some time together today, as a matter of fact. We've spoken throughout the season multiple times, and, you know, these negotiations, they all happen differently. Ronnie Stanley's contract took about a year and a half. Mark Andrews' contract took 
probably three or four days. You know, we did Roquan's contract over the span of six days, over the course of one month, basically, is what we did. So they happen in different ways. I wouldn't characterize the percentages of getting any deal done or how long it's going to take, except to say that we'll communicate effectively, we'll be as fair as we can be, and we'll try to hammer out a deal, and hopefully we can get to that point. So for Sound On, Sound Off, we always like to bring in our producer, James Steele. Welcome, James. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, so uh, do you buy the Ravens' confidence in getting this deal done with Lamar, Amber? <sighs> I No, I don't fully buy the confidence. I do still think that something is going to get done here because it's still inconceivable to me that it won't. So I still understand optimism, I guess, coming from the Ravens, but yet there's no way they can feel confident. We're talking about a quarterback on a fifth-year option on a rookie contract who has an MVP. I mean, we've never seen anything like this ever in the history of the NFL. There's no way you could feel confident in this situation if you're the Baltimore Ravens. Maybe you feel a little hopeful, though, still, Joe. I don't think he's confident at all. Nothing about that sounded confident. That sounded like I have to address this situation with the media, so I'm just going to throw a bunch of words at you, and then I'm going to move on with my day. That's what it was. Some deals take a while to get done. Some deals don't take a while to get done. Lamar and I have a great relationship. Okay, great. Get it done. Well, you know, there's, it takes two to tango. Okay, great. Then don't get it done. Either way, they don't sound confident at all. Like whatever, ja- Jackson's got even more leverage now if he wants to exert it, saying, look at what happened to you. I stepped away this season. You guys completely flamed out. You could have won that playoff game. You have guys in the Raven locker room coming out saying we would have won with Lamar. I'm wondering, is the locker room eventually going to turn on the organization inside with Lamar, or are they eventually going to turn on Lamar? Because they're not just going to be innocent bystanders in this whole thing. I don't know. I mean, locker rooms tend to try to be anyways. One thing I always hear from former players, particularly in that sport, is you don't mess with another man's money, right? Like you try to stay as far away from it as you can when you're talking about somebody going after the bag. But it's certainly becoming a dicier situation as time moves forward for all parties involved. We all thought that the Los Angeles Chargers were going to probably fire Brandon Staley after blowing a 27-point lead versus the Jacksonville Jaguars during Super Wild Card Weekend. Well, Staley was asked if he was fearful for his job security. He answered that question bluntly with a no. Chargers general manager Tom Telesco, he echoed that same sentiment. No, I mean, that was probably more your discussion uh, than ours. Um, the front office belief in Brandon hasn't changed. He's got our belief. Our players believe in him. I mean, you've been around him. He's a tremendous leader. He's detail-oriented, um, and he's a fighter. And, you know, that's the type of people that I want to be with me, like going into competition. So um, understand the season didn't end quite the way we liked it. Um, but, uh, no, he's got our full support. On a scale of 1 to 10, how much is Tom Telesco lying there, Joe? Um, he's not. He's not lying at all. It's a zero. He, they are cheap. Like, the Chargers are cheap. They're not going to fire Brandon Staley because he's got two years left on his deal. So he's got their full support, and Telesco's being completely honest because Telesco's the one that hired him. So how can he not give him his full support? You're deciding to bring him back because you don't want to be caught having to pay two coaches for the next two years. And at the same time, you don't want the Staley thing 
screwing up your resume, being a black mark on your resume because you hired him. So ultimately right now, he's not lying at all. He does have his full support behind him. The question is whether or not that's warranted given everything we've seen over the last two years. Yeah, I think that Joe's right. I think that Telesco is telling the truth in terms of his support behind Staley. Obviously, the hiring has everything to do with that as well. I do think that there was conversations likely had behind closed doors where they did put pressure on Staley to make some changes. You know, I'm sure they're admitting behind closed doors, hey, this thing isn't going how it should be going based on the roster that we have, that same conversation that we're all having out here. But in terms of Brandon Staley's job security, I tend to agree with Joe that at least from Telesco's perspective, he's going to get another year because there's still multiple years left on that deal. The Jets... They fired their OC, Mike LaFleur, shortly after their season ended, and the Bucks fired Byron Leftwich yesterday. Would Leftwich be a good fit for the Jets' offensive coordinator job? Well, here's Canty and Carlin's Chris Canty. He can make it work if he has a quality quarterback and they have the requisite pieces on the offense. The New York Jets fit the bill. If Makai Becton comes back healthy and Elijah Vera Tucker come back healthy, you have a solid offensive line. You have the skill position players with Brees Hall and Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore. You've got all of those pieces in place. All you need is the quarterback and a guy to put it all together in your offensive coordinator, and away you go. Byron Leftwich has shown that he can adapt his system to fit whatever quarterback is going to step in there. All right, so left with Leftwich with the Jets. Uh, Amber, would that be a good fit? I mean, I don't really understand the confidence in Byron Leftwich coming off of an immediate firing. I also don't really understand why, frankly, he was fired other than I understand that that Bucks offense certainly underperformed this season, but we are talking about a Byron Leftwich that was interviewing for head coaching jobs a year ago because we all thought that he was deserved of such back then. And so it's been a weird, sharp decline for Leftwich, but I still think that that would be a bounce back, like, of epic proportion. I don't know if I see that happening. Also, I thought it was funny in that clip how Chris Canty says, you just need a quarterback and somebody to put all the pieces together. It's like, well, yeah, that's kind of the problem. That's the thing that a lot of these teams need. <laughs> so that's the hard part. I mean, someone had to take the fall for what happened in Tampa. And if it's not going to be Bowles and it's not going to be Brady, it's going to be Leftwich. That's just how it's going to roll. That's what happened with the Chargers. Lombardi had to take the um, had to take the fall because they weren't going to fire Brandon right. Staley. So the offensive coordinator gets run. I mean, yeah, there's there's a possibility here. I, a lot of guys that are much smarter than me when it comes to this stuff, like Dan Orlovsky, seem to love Byron Leftwich. He's not the type of guy um, who's probably going to be able to leave your organization after one year because even if he can build you up, I don't know if he's going to be a hot coaching candidate again. It might take a couple seasons to get that done. It's just the one thing I think we have to throw out there. He's been an offensive coordinator for, what, four seasons in the NFL? Three of those were with Tom Brady as his quarterback. Tom Brady tends to make everybody look good. So that's what I'd like to see. Byron Leftwich was someone other than Tom Brady and whether or not he can coach that guy to the next level. Did win a Super Bowl, but uh, it was a sharp decline this season for Leftwich. Now on to my favorite subject. I did not write that on the screen. That's James Steele's words that I am reading off the screen like Ron Burgundy nice. because... It says, now on to my favorite subject, the future of Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> from the heart. That's and what that is not from my heart, not even a little bit. Now, we all know Aaron Rodgers, he lives on the Pat McAfee show. So, of course, he was on the Pat McAfee show on Tuesday. He talked about how he could win an MVP in the right situation. We've all heard that sound by now. But Gronk thinks that he's talking about the wrong thing. Here's Rob Gronkowski. 
why are you thinking MVP? Like, don't you want Super Bowls? Like, Super Bowls are, are I think, five times greater than, a, than an MVP award. Like, we all know that you won the MVP a few times now, but, like, you know, everyone would know even more how many more Super Bowls you've won than MVPs. That was Rob Gronkowski on the Up and Adam show on FanDuel TV. So we know that Rodgers thinks he can win an MVP in the right situation, but do you think he can still win a Super Bowl in the right situation, Joe? Yeah, absolutely. But I think Gronk makes an excellent point. But, again, to the answer, it's Rodgers, Rodgers, Rodgers. In his world, it's all about him. That's what it is. He's not coming out talking about how he wants to compete for MVPs. He is coming out talking about how – or Super Bowls, excuse me. He's coming out talking about how he thinks he can win another MVP. Is that what you're competing for? Is that all that matters right now? Last year it was all about the money. Now it's about the MVPs. It's interesting. You don't hear a lot about Super Bowls. That Rob Gronkowski, not just a pretty face to look at. Deep thoughts as well, Amber Wilson. (laughs) I don't know about that, but I, I yeah, I'm uh, surprised we didn't get a 69 joke in there. But yes, I uh, <laughs> I would say that it's there's been a much ado about the fact that Aaron Rodgers said the MVP thing and never mentioned Super Bowl in there. I do think though that there's a recognition on Aaron Rodgers' part that this ain't a Super Bowl team, and I think he recognizes that this isn't going to be the front office that's putting a Super Bowl team frankly, around him. I feel like at this point in his career, he is going for the personal accolades because also that's what he knows is achievable to him. And frankly, there's been times he's been on teams that we thought were Super Bowl caliber teams and they weren't and it didn't work that way for him. It's been a lot of years, what, 10 or more than that since Aaron Rodgers won his Super Bowl. So if you're Aaron Rodgers, certainly recent memory is Getting MVPs, they probably seem much more attainable to you, but I could understand the frustration of your Packers fans. Like, hey, why are you focused on the U Awards when we should be out here trying to get some rings for all of us? Coming up next here on Joe and Amber. Joe and Amber, by the way, is presented, of course, to you by Progressive Insurance. Coming up next, did Trevor Lawrence make a huge mistake before even stepping on the field at Arrowhead this weekend? We're going to let you know. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, and you can check us out on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. It is time to earn you some more pizza money. Small wager, nothing crazy, but a little extra cash to help you buy some pizza. Let's get to it. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. All right, this is our NFL Playoff Props Edition, the first one of the evening with Saquon Barkley over 28.5 receiving yards. Pizza Money number two, Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey over 78.5 receiving yards. Great matchup this weekend against a Jacksonville defense that has really struggled to defend opposing tight ends this season, giving up the fourth most receiving yards of any team in the NFL to opposing tight ends. Just look at Kelsey's last performance against the Jaguars, which came in Week 10. He was targeted seven times. Of the seven passes Patrick Mahomes threw at him, he caught six for 81 yards and a touchdown. Jacksonville might make this a game tomorrow, or they might not. But Travis Kelsey is going to be involved one way or another. Pizza money number two, Travis Kelsey over 78 and a half receiving yards. 
They're a talented team. I knew that the first time we played them. Uh, they were flying around to the football. We understand how good this football team is. When you got Doug Peterson, a guy who's willing to just go out there and throw punches, he's willing to risk it all, I think there's always a chance, especially with Trevor Lawrence. The Chiefs have had a week off. They got time to sit there and just study him and them. You got to score to beat guys like this, especially a guy like Patrick over there. There's definitely some stuff we left out there and excited to get another opportunity. It's going to be fun. Well, a few quarterbacks were playing as well as Trevor Lawrence was down the stretch. Then we saw him play that well in the second half of a super wild card game. Certainly not that first half where he decided to throw four interceptions. He makes up for it in the second half with four touchdowns. The Jaguars right now on, frankly, I think at this point, an improbable run. Maybe none of us would have thought it was crazy that they were going to qualify for a postseason. But I think at this point now, walking into Arrowhead against the Chiefs, A lot of people probably wouldn't have had the Jags here. Trevor Lawrence, he is the quarterback of those Jacksonville Jaguars. He's not worried about that environment in Arrowhead at all. Obviously, the environment and the atmosphere we're going to play in is one of, if not the best in the NFL. I mean, I can't imagine it'll be much louder than our fans were here on Saturday, honestly. But that was when we were on defense, not offense. So we played there earlier in the year, but this is a little bit different. You know, it's a playoff game, divisional round. Um, so the stakes are higher, so I expect them to be even crazier, more packed stadium. But um, I mean, at the end of the day, you just gotta you gotta go play, and you gotta make sure you communicate. That's the one thing we gotta get in and out of the huddle. We gotta get to the line of scrimmage so we have time to communicate because everything naturally takes a little longer when it's loud. So you have a quarterback there who's going into Arrowhead. He's going to say all the things to downplay the fact that the environment is at all a consideration, right? The reality is, though, Joe, what he says off the top there, it's probably the best environment in the NFL. He makes a reference to how loud his home stadium was last weekend. And that has our producer James Steele right now shaking his head no in the Zoom because what you don't normally do is compare Arrowhead to, you know, where the Jags play in uh, in 68, roughly 68,000 is their capacity, whereas Arrowhead roughly 77,000. So a disparity there, even though, yes, that was a Jags game that was a total sellout with the highest ticket price ever in the history of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Bad idea, Trev. Bad idea, man. That Arrowhead, Arrowhead's the loudest, the loudest stadium in the league. According to James, according to James Steele, a lot of stadium in the, in the history of the universe, because yeah, if y'all didn't know, there's Thank no you. bigger Chiefs fan than James, even though oddly he's not from Kansas City in any way. Details. <laughs> I mean, Trevor Lawrence has never lost a Saturday game. We know this, right? That's he's undefeated true. in high school. He's undefeated in college. He's undefeated in the pros. He has never lost a game on a Saturday. That's what he should lead with. He should also lead with this. Jokes aside. His performance on the road this season versus at home is better. You don't see the splits like that all that often. 65% completions at home, 67% on the road. TD to INT ratio at home, 12 touchdowns, 5 picks. On the road, 13 touchdowns, 3 picks. He also ran for 4 touchdowns on the road versus 1 at home. Dude can play, and he's having a heck of a season. But there is a difference, like he said, in his analysis, which this was the key point. It's one thing when the crowd noise is happening when your defense is on the field. It's another thing entirely when the crowd noise is happening with your offense on the field. 
Early in this game, Jacksonville is going to need to settle down. They're going to need to try to run the football. They're going to need to try to take the air out of the ball and slow the game down because the Chiefs have an ability to strike early, to strike often, and you're not going to be coming back from 27 down against this team on the road at Arrowhead. So Jacksonville's got to slow this game down big time as soon as it starts. I will say this, though, about Trevor Lawrence, because I don't think the reference there to the Jags stadium really is a, a very good one because, yeah, obviously he was just in in that environment. He heard the loudness. I, I feel like that was more like a shout out to his home crowd because they, they get a lot of heat for not being a very good fan base, right? So I feel like that's what he was doing there was kind of throwing them a bow and doing them a solid, recognizing them and the efforts that they did put in during Super Wild Card Weekend. But the reality is Trevor Lawrence is used to these environments. It ain't from playing professional football. It's from playing college football, like you mentioned. I mean, he's been in stadiums as loud as Arrowhead. Arrowhead may be the loudest stadium in the NFL, James, but... It ain't college. Let's be real about that. Like this dude, Trevor Lawrence, is one of the highest levels in the loudest stadiums on planet Earth. You could argue. Well, maybe not planet Earth. That might. Well, be I mean, it's the ACC. What's in so football. loud? G- Georgia well, okay, Tech. Fine. Like is Georgia but, Tech loud? Miami. Okay, that's fine. But he did win a national championship. I mean, he has been in these environments where he wins. And Clemson is a very loud environment. Oh, I understand. Again, there's a difference yeah, he between it being Clemson. on defense and it being on <laughs> offense when the sound is there. But some of those environments are brutal in college football. The passion is there. It's not like he hasn't played on big stages in front of passionate crowds is my point. That's true. But the game has moved much slower for him at that level than it has here. Like the game is going to move really fast for him on Saturday. James really wants to jump in. No, I, I, I'm, I'm looking at his game logs. Like they, all their, like is Texas A&M going to be louder than Arrowhead? Yes. At it night is, it is. Yes, yeah. They invited 100%. Not even a conversation. What to, What's wrong with you? You should have started like I did. Start with like Georgia yeah, Tech. Yeah, you got to throw, like, yes. Virginia. Or Florida State, <laughs> there was, Boston there was, College. No, Florida Syracuse. State's Start loud. There's North so Carolina. many schools you could have thrown out. That would have been so well, much better right than down. Texas A&M. But I'm, I'm just going down the uh, North Carolina, Louisville, uh, North Carolina State, South Carolina, Wake Forest. Yeah, there you Virginia go. Wake Tech. Forest. That's one you should have like, led no, with. It's like, well, is Wake Forest loud? No, it's not loud. No. Texas A&M. Yes, one, very Trevor Lawrence is one in all of those environments. That situation one time? I think that there may be problems for the Jags against this Kansas City team. I actually don't think noise when it comes to Trevor Lawrence is probably going to be the main one. Joe and Amber, the podcast.